Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. Coming in hot on a Tuesday. It's the only way we like to do it around here on Nuanas now. Welcome in. Two Nuanas now. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, riding with me like he does each and every Monday and Tuesday. Been a great Tuesday so far. We got a great show for you today. We're going to continue our conversation from yesterday, talking about the FCS playoffs. Also, maybe compare and contrast Bobcats and Grizzlies. Also got some news here in just a quick minute uh, from the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, regarding both the Lady Grizz basketball team as well as the Montana State football team. Bobcats just released their first depth chart under Brent Vegan as well, so we'll get into that. It's a Tuesday, so that means it's a Taglieri Tuesday. We got $25 gift card for you from Taglieri Delicatessen. It also means it's a baseball Tuesday. Matt Ellis from Missoula Paddleheads is going to swing by like he does most Tuesdays here on Nuanas Now to talk all things minor league and major league baseball. Also, Tuesdays are pretty stacked up. We got the Treasure State Stars as well. Highlighting five or six really good performances from around the great state of Montana at the amateur sporting level. And then the second hour, got a couple good interviews for you. The women's soccer team at the University of Montana plays against South Carolina on Thursday. So I caught up with Coach Chitovitsky, Chris Chitovitsky from the UM soccer team. Earlier today, they are in North Carolina. He said it's 88 degrees. This was in the morning, so they're probably melting right about now. That humidity is on fire, and this is a fun little connection. We'll talk about it today when, when Coach Chudovitsky's on, when we talk Grizzly soccer. They're playing in Wilson, North Carolina, and we all know that the NCAA, all the championships this year are unique. We're all getting through this year. Well, they're playing at a site that you would never see as a normal NCAA tournament site. Wilson, North Carolina was honestly the, the same place where I spent a year of my career being a one-man band for the Wilson Top. So I know the weather that Grizzly Soccer and Coach Tito are going through right now. It is sticky. I was like that young up-and-comer, right? It was my second job out sure. of Coulter. And there were 10 TV games. And as a 22-year-old out of college, you're thinking, these are big. You're doing, you're doing minor league baseball on TV. I was an idiot and suited up. I had oh, a full man. suit on. It was 90 degrees with 90% oh, humidity. Man. I paid the price. I bet you yeah, did. Two, I think two suits, maybe three suits got thrown out. Yeah, there. I was going to say, that's probably that's a death sentence if you're me. I don't think I could even <laughs> make it through. But we also hear from a new record setter. This has been a cool spring because, uh, th- especially at the University of Montana, both Montana and Montana State have a, a slew of spring stuff going. But because of the way that Montana operated uh, spring football, they had two real football games, but then they also 
have a couple spring sports that are usually fall sports. I guess softball is always a spring sport. Um, Soccer is usually a fall sport. But they had basically all the sports at the University of Montana, with the exception of men's and women's basketball, going because you had track for men's and women's, you have soccer, you have softball, and you had football. So this last month has actually been jam-packed. And we've had a lot of cool accomplishments. We're going to get into some more track later on in the week uh, leading up until uh, the conference championship meet here in a couple weeks. But on the softball front, the softball program is only, what, half a dozen, six, seven years? Seven years. Seven years old, yeah. And so we're going to see a lot of records being set at the softball program because there's no records really that exist already. But Tristan Achenbach, who is a Montana native from Shoto, Montana, prepped at Great Falls CMR, she recently set the UM victories record. She's a pitcher, and she got her 31st victory on Sunday, breaking Michaela Hood's record. Uh, and so we caught up with Tristan as well. So a couple interviews, Chris Chudovitsky and Tristan Achenbach in hour number two for you here on Nuanas Now. And a couple things on that. So impressive for Tristan. She got three wins last weekend. They won every game, but she got the win in all three. So she's just been so involved since the moment that she really was on the roster as a freshman and how she's evolved in her career. And I take it from the record side of things where let's just take Grizzly football in comparison to Grizzly softball, right? We understand and respect the history of those Grizzly football records, but Coulter, we didn't watch all of those guys play. Well, with Grizzly softball, I take the angle where it's fun because literally every person that you see on the top five, you've watched play. Like watching Michaela Hood as a freshman come in and be part of the team that went to Washington. And as a, I remember she pitched that game under the lights. And then to have her record now broken by a Montana native and someone that's been just a standout in this state for eight years, I think that's really cool. So very uh, uh, very hearty congratulations to Tristan Achenbach. And uh, glad that we're going to be talking with her in the second hour. Well, I think that's just so cool for um, Montana athletes in general because there's always been great softball in the state of Montana. And it was always sort of this hidden place where the best of the best would oftentimes get out, go play in the Big West. Or I mean, I know states had softball for a lot longer than a lot of the rest of the Big Sky Conference, but not a great amount of time in general. But there's always been great softball players here, but I think that those dreams of going on and playing at the next level sort of died because there was no real opportunity. Well, now there is, and I think that that's one of the reasons why UM softball has had a chance to be pretty darn successful uh, in its origins. And Tristan Achenbach, one of the latest uh, sort of um, local products that have done well. So a uh, couple of different things to get into before we uh, continue our conversation from yesterday. We were talking FCS playoffs. What did it mean? What was it worth for Weber State and Eastern Washington to play in this season? We were also going to give you a little taste on maybe what our preseason polls would look like after we watched both Montana and Montana State in the spring in varying versions of competition. But first, got to start with a couple pieces of news. Uh, first of all, yesterday, uh, three Lady Grizz players into the NCAA transfer portal. All three of them, a freshman on the Lady Grizz, Joel Nell Momberg, who was from uh, originally from Box Elder, who played her senior year of high school over in Spokane, um, Brianna Dixon, or Bria Dixon, I guess, uh, short for Brianna Dixon, um, as well as uh, Carson Kelly from Glendive. So three uh, players, you know, I mean, you don't want to demean them by saying they were of not of consequence, but none of these young ladies was really playing more than, you know, a couple minutes a game, and none of them was averaging more than 1.1 points per game. And so I don't think there's anything to read into this more than, than just this is just a coaching change, and uh, I think that there's, there's going to be probably a few more moves at the University of Montana, the women's basketball program, uh, before they take the court again. But on a lighter note on the women's basketball side, Brian Holsinger has at least one of the members of his staff solidified uh, not really a surprise because I think that uh, she has so many different factors that go into being a desirable person to retain from the previous staff. But Jordan Sullivan, who was a great player for Lady Grizz, as well as has been on staff for five years now, uh, both between Shannon Schwain and Mike Petrino, she's retained as Brian Holsinger's one of his assistants. So he will probably fill out his staff, I don't know, probably here in the next couple of weeks. I was uh, talking with him the other day because he wants to come in studio and, and sort of make a debut and say hello to all of you great people. By the way, it is 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, but Holsinger wants to swing by and, and say what's up to everybody out there. Uh, but I, I, he was telling me when we were uh, sort of corresponding that 
finals week at Oregon State. He's trying to finish up that job. You know, he, I mean, he is hired here, but he's not really officially. He's been officially hired here, but Mike Petrino's contract is not up for a little while. And so, like, Lady Grizz did their postseason awards, and Coach Petrino's the one that's given the awards. So, still a couple loose ends, basically, to tie up. But I do expect uh, Holzinger to probably have his staff at least closer to solidified here in the next couple of weeks. I think that that is the plan. I think that May 1st is kind of that, that date that's been circled out there to want to have the staff solidified and these roster decisions that are tough. And this is, transition is tough in any part of life of what you do. And, and especially here when you talk about a coaching change to the Division One level that I know that it's even mixed emotions. I mean, Jordan Sullivan, that was a slam dunk hire. I mean, that line, that is aptly fits for, sure. for this. I mean, it was, it was a no-doubter, I thought, from the very beginning. But at the same time, I mean, even put yourself in someone like Jordan's shoes right now to, you know, the old staff of who you worked with who are close friends – they're leaving, and then some players as well that you had a part in recruiting. So it's just a hard time of transition, but I also think necessary. And right now, it, it's the time I feel right. Everyone wants answers, but if you give it a week, you're probably going to get 90% of the answers. So by the time that this show happens or, or by the time that you get back from your well-deserved birthday trip, Coulter, yeah. I think that we'll have a lot of answers about the Lady Grizz as far as staff and roster are concerned. Uh, PSA, by the way, I will be on the road next week. So no nuances Not now. to spill the beans. Monday through Friday. So uh, I am uh, hitting the road, going to go see my cousin and see a couple buddies and uh, go to my old stomping grounds in Ellensburg, Washington, and then go out to Hood River and see where my uh, maternal grandfather was uh, originally born and, and is now buried. So I have uh, yeah, you go, go do a little family history trip. It's going to be pretty fun. That is awesome. And I heard that like Bandon Dunes and some of those courses on the Oregon coast, they want their course record to be challenged, and so they're inviting you out for a round. <laughs> Does that mean, like, That's great. Who can shoot the highest round? They want to know how many putts you can uh, Yeah, right, right. How, how, many, many, putts? Pu- how many putts? How many times I can hit it in the water? That's, that's <laughs> what I'm best at these days. Um, Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas. If you want to listen to the show or uh, tune in any other way besides the terrestrial radio, you can go online, 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab, there you'll find the stream. You can also give us a call or shoot us a text, 406 361 3688. That's 361 3688. Before we dive into some more FCS playoffs, one other, or I guess two other notes here. One, a couple entries to the NCAA transfer portal from Montana State, the football team. Tyler Bohannon, who was a talented uh, but often injured cornerback, uh, freshman from the Bobcats, as well as Tyrone Marshall, a guy that probably most famously, or in certain cases infamously, uh, scored a, a long, I think, 26-yard touchdown on an end-around in the Montana State-Montana rivalry game last year. Uh, he was one of those rare junior college guys that came in, played just four games, so he was able to redshirt even though he's a JC guy, and then now he's got his super COVID year, so he's got two years left. Uh, but I, I expect, I mean, here's the thing. We've been dissecting and discussing the NCAA transfer portal a lot. And I think that the one factor that is maybe not being played up enough is this. You can sit here and, and complain about the state of society. You can sit here and complain about kids transferring or quitting or these kids don't have any dedication. There's no commitment left. Well, the two points that I would make is one, Attrition is just a natural part of Division One sports, especially football. You're going to have 10 to 15 guys that are just sort of caught in the wash every single spring. And when you have a coaching chance, it's going to be even more than that, especially because at the FCS level, you don't have uh, signing limits. It's not like the FBS where you can only sign up 25 guys. You can, Because you can split up scholarships, you can sign as many guys as you want. You can sign 50 guys if you want to. Then if you oversign, then all of a sudden spring ball turns into a competition for your job. But the other thing is when there's a coaching change, I think you're going to see naturally attrition anyways. But the other point I would make is I think that it, it the, the trend of transferring and going into the portal is certainly uh, more prevalent. I'm not going to say better or worse, but it's more prevalent than it's ever been. You're not going to say better or worse? But it's also just more widely reported on, too. I mean, we're talking about it every day because we have the information right in front of our faces. We have the sources, all of this stuff. So, you know, would it really be – I guess what I'm saying is we wouldn't have this instantaneous – Tyrone Marshall, who's, I mean, he, at best, he's like the ninth receiver at Montana State. Tyler Bohannon, he's like the 10th corner at Montana State. They're, they're talented, fine guys, whatever. But 
they are writing these long letters on Twitter, putting it all out there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can confirm it through sources with they have access to the portal. And then all of a sudden they're getting talked about for multiple minutes on a radio show. And so it's just, it's, it's massive exposure, massive saturation. So I guess the point is that I, I, I get what you're leaning at. It's not necessarily a great thing for college sports, but I also think we just know way more about it right now. And there's a platform to publicize it even more than is just even the transfer portal. And I think that that is more than half of it is the fact that you do have Twitter and the fact that it can blow up literally in an hour where you might get notified by a couple of people. Okay. What, what's going on here? And there's just constant wealth of information when it comes to it. I want to a mini segue. Cause you mentioned the four games and keep your red shirt. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that rule? And do you think it's going to stick moving forward? Cause it was mixed. Like a lot of people. Yeah. It's great that you can maybe get in a couple games and preserve the year. But then you get to the point where, like that, that's a deliberate four games play and keep the red shirt. There's a fine line, I think, that you get. Do you limit it back to two games? Do you eliminate it altogether, or do you like it where it's at? Well, I know that these decisions are not made because of statistics, but I do think it's going to have a very huge impact in statistical production and the way that statistics are remembered, especially for guys that got to play in this spring season as well. Yeah, I mean, think of a guy like for Montana, Jacob McGoring. He had four sacks during his, I don't even know what you would call it, because it's like his true freshman year, but he's also redshirted. So he got a redshirt, yet he had four sacks. Then he had another sack, I believe, during spring. So now he hasn't actually even entered his first year of eligibility yet. And he has five sacks. Right. The school record is what, like 38 sacks or something like that? So yes. he's already about one-seventh of the way home to the school record. With four years with four of eligibility. Full years. So if he, now all he has to really do, I mean, all, you know, it, it's still going to be a, a great accomplishment if he, if he does it. But if he goes out and gets eight sacks a year, which is not like a crazy amount of sacks. And doable for him, for, for sure. For sure, then he's going to have a school record, right? Like Xavier Harris, he, he got himself a... About 200 yards and about uh, three touchdowns that don't count for that are not port towards his eligibility. He's got it in the books, right? Like so, there's just a lot of different ways that this could uh, skew the records. But other than that, I do think it's a really good thing in terms of developing guys. I just don't know if four is the right number. I think maybe you scale it back to two because uh, you can get guys' feet wet before they they burn it. But uh, I do think from a coaching perspective, if you use it in the correct way. Like, I do think the way that Montana State, they did this with Tyrell Marshall and Tyson Regiball, who's a, a defensive end who actually ended up tearing his Achilles during spring ball. Uh, but those guys both played in games, played in impactful games, in fact, and got red shirts. And then they, so then they get to return as basically fourth year juniors who are playing their second year of Division One football. That's their first year of eligibility of Division One football. That's a very interesting way to use the rule. I think also, and for the Grizz, I think the two biggest ones that we saw were Keelan White. And Jacob McGowan. Those yep. are the two that were able to, to keep it. So it'll be fascinating to see. I do, if I was a coach, I would use utilize it the way that the Grizz and the Cats did for those four players that we just mentioned. Yep. I mean, that's absolutely the way to do it. But now when we talk about the transfer portal, and I hate doing this, and we're not speculating on any individual player here, but if you redshirted last fall, you get your COVID year, and you play two years, you get your bachelor's degree and you're a standout here, you have two years to go play and that free transfer's in there. That's why I'm saying if we don't do something in the next year or two, it's going to create this constant cycle of what are we doing here? It's very true. I also, on the flip side of it though, I do think that it's uh, it's good because we've seen certain guys that quote-unquote burn their red shirt uh, because they need to be forced into action. Like I remember Montana State, Alex Singleton. Yeah. He got thrown into action as a true freshman, like the second half of his true freshman year because they had to have somebody on kick teams. And he's playing like six to eight snaps a game. And he played like five or six games. And that was it. And he, he got to play probably 100 snaps total. And it burned it. And then, so but then by the time he's a senior, when he's, you know, a first team all league type player that's going to go on to be, be a pro, imagine if he just would have had that one extra year. Oh, I, I just think that these guys, though, that are the guys that are in the situation where they got to utilize this extra redshirt year and they also got to then, well, not got to, it's been unfortunate <laughs> in a lot of ways, but it is, there is a silver lining. They got to have this COVID year as well. I just think it has this opportunity for your physical transformation, your physical development to just be so profound. I mean, look at McGowering. He's going to be a redshirt freshman. He's going to be 20 or 21 years old, and he's going to have have had, what, five semesters in a college weight room program? Like He's been here since the summer before 2019, so he's been 
in summer conditioning, winter conditioning, multiple times over before he's ever actually got to play a down that counts towards his eligibility. That's a huge acceleration for guys, I think. And I think, too, that we're going to start counting this up, right? I mean, the players like a Jacob McGowan. And, okay, well, what's his situation going to be like moving forward? Schools in the Big Sky Conference, how much do they get plucked? I hate even saying that, but that's kind of the direction everything's going. Um, But... It'll be fun to follow guys like that, though, that actually stick with it in the same exact uh, reason that we love that you say you do all of the features on seniors, Senior Day for all of those players that make it to that point. So um, we'll see. We could have some interesting sixth and seventh year seniors. There's going to be more situations like Kevin Thompson from Sacramento State. Sure. There just is. No question. Nuan is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. About 15 minutes, we're going to have our weekly baseball segment talking all things baseball, paddleheads, uh, Major League Baseball. Matt Ellis from the Paddleheads is swinging by to some walk in, so he'll, he'll be here uh, shortly. One more note on uh, college football before we get into a little bit more of FCS playoffs. Bobcats released their first depth chart under Brent Vegan. Most of the time, depth charts are sort of non thrilling if you have. <laughs> A program where it's kind of predictable, but a couple notes on this depth chart because I do I do think it's interesting because so many guys were out for Montana State the Sunny Hall and Spring Classic this last week, and those injured players are included. They're on, they're okay. on the depth chart, yeah. So a couple uh, the offensive line is basically what you think it would be. Uh, the uh, starting receivers Lance McCutcheon, Willie Patterson, Jaden Smith uh, about what you think with Nate Stewart, Coy Steele, and Jamad Monroe uh, respectively backing those guys up. I think the fact that Tyrone Marshall's not amongst those top six is probably one of the reasons why he's into the portal. Uh, Matt McCaylis is number one quarterback, not a surprise. Tucker Roviglis is number two quarterback, maybe a little bit of a surprise. I thought it was Casey Bauman. Brent Vegan indicated that, but then Bauman was also hurt. So you wonder if Rovig uh, has got that spot right now because he was the one that performed in the scrimmage. Elijah Elgin is the backup at tailback to Isaiah Fonse, so I think that's a, uh, a, a spot where he was able to beat out guys like Demarius Hosey and uh, Lane Sumner and, J- and Jahari Martin. So that's a good uh, win, so to speak, for the true freshman Elijah Elliott from Portland. A couple other notes. Uh, defensive tackle Kyle Rigg is listed as the starter. He was out for spring, but he is ahead of Byron Rollins. Byron Rollins is a Missoula Sentinel product. Uh, the other maybe sort of surprising spots on here, Daniel Hardy wins the defensive end starting job over Michael Jobman. Jobman was a converted inside linebacker. Uh, the linebackers are about what you think, but they only have two linebackers listed because it looks like they're going to try to play a nickel quite a bit. So that that's interesting. Five DBs on the field. Tyrell Thomas, who's been a really good outside corner for Montana State, is now listed as the nickel. So that, that's an impactful deal. Tayden Gilman, who's been a linebacker for the last several years, he's also listed as nickel. So that's a change. James Campbell, a starting, or I guess not a starting, but a contributing receiver and special teams guy, is now listed at corner. So Montana State going through a little bit what Montana went through when Bobby Houck first took the job, playing uh, a couple of their faster receivers now at corner. Uh, but other than that, n- nothing much uh, to report. Maybe we'll dive into this a little bit more uh, a little bit later on. Two questions for me. The one that we didn't get to yesterday. I'm curious of the utilization of tight ends that sure. MSU is going to have. Is that something that might? be escalated more. I just see this size and they've always been blocking tight ends for the last couple of years. Also, what's been a big part of why their offensive line is so good, they basically have another offensive lineman at tight end. Are they going to utilize that more in the passing game or did you see something that was something I want to get to yesterday on the tight end? Yeah, they're going to use the tight end a lot more. I think that Derek Snell, who's the Alaska Gatorade player of the year coming out of high school, uh, he's a talented guy and he uh, was a standout in both the scrimmages that I watched from Montana State. They do target him in the red zone a lot more uh, and they do have several tight ends on the roster. I mean, they, they have uh, Ryan Davis is going to be a, a four-year contributor and, and sort of a fringe starter for most of his time since coming out of building Skyview. He's more of the blocking style tight end. But they do have kind of a fullback slash H-back, too, where I think R.J. Fitzgerald has a chance to really be good. So I think that uh, they will utilize those guys as more than just blockers uh, in the pass game, and I think that could be a, a good a next step for Montana State. Second question that comes from this, Why? Why right now release a depth chart after you've already played? Is this more to let guys know where they stand? Oh, yeah. So maybe, okay. I, I just want to make sure the, what is the I point I think of the it. fact that this is more than just a depth chart, it's a two deep. Right. They they listed three guys at defensive end, <laughs> nose tackle, and the other defensive end spot. That's it. There's a tell, right? I mean, that, as far a, as like that there's three Everything there. else is, is two. So I think that they're letting everybody know where they stand. Um, and, and we'll see how much attrition there is going to be. Again, I think that you got to realize it's not about... 
in this specific case for both the Cats and the Grizz, coming out of these spring sessions, they just quite frankly, there's got to be guys that have to move on, period. No matter what no matter what the circumstance is, whether those guys graduate and they just want to move on with their lives, like the Deming twins, like right. I don't know if those guys, they're going to try to play football somewhere, but they graduated. So like they, they need to, they want to go get... They want to go take classes in something that Montana doesn't have. They to have offer. life aspirations. That's that right. Is totally That's right. acceptable. I mean, Denver Crone and Jake Sessions from Montana State. Both those guys were guys that earned their degrees at Montana State, and so they're just moving on. And so uh, I think that there'll be a variety of guys, whether it's because they want more playing time or the the coach that they really liked left, and they they don't want to you know they just don't want to play for the new coach or whatever at Montana State. I think there'll be some natural attrition, and at Montana, I think there's going to be two. I mean, Bobby Houck. Mentioned in his post game, he said, "Hey, we're bringing in forty guys this summer." I think that he was counting some of the guys that are like redshirt freshmen because they signed nineteen in January, so I think he's counting like the class of twenty from the year before as well. But regardless, they're going to have. I was counting up. I think between eighteen and twenty guys are going to have to be different than what they are now. They've already had about half a dozen guys that have uh, moved on, so it's sort of taken care of itself. But again, I don't think this is a sound the alarm. You know, it's a disaster. It's more just status quo. I think this is just what it, what it is. I just. You know, I was interested. The the week after spring ball, just it is it, in this day and age. I appreciate the fact of letting people know where they stand, whether it's in any form of life, right? And I think that uh, especially here with this cat depth chart, and you're seeing the trickle down effect. But that that happens now, and I guess maybe I need to, and we all need to accept that this is just going to be the natural cycle of college athletics now that. You're going to release a depth chart after the spring. You're going to have people enter the transfer portal. They're going to trickle down and, and go elsewhere, and that's just going to be the evolution of collegiate athletics. So it's more to it, but uh, I guess this officially puts the bow on Cat Spring Ball, right? No question. The FCS playoffs happened on Saturday. Amazing that in Montana, a inter-squad scrimmage overshadows real playoff football in the Big Sky Conference. But that's just the truth. It's just yeah. the way that it is. So... Uh, we only have a couple minutes on this. We're going to circle back around to, to this in the second hour. But uh, we got a lot into Eastern and maybe what's on the horizon. Doom looming on the horizon potentially for Eastern Washington. Don't want to speculate too hard on that because maybe they do make it through without too much drama. But uh, with the financial and institutional um, challenges the Eastern Washington faces currently, there could be... Uh, an, an exodus from the roster similar to what we saw in men's and women's basketball, but who knows? We won't know that until it occurs. Weaver State, however, uh, and I meant to make this point on the show yesterday, but I do think this. Weaver State scraped by to get to their 5-0 and record to win the Big Sky outright title. Then I thought they got a little bit snubbed when it came to the playoff seed, but they probably would have been a play... They, well, they certainly would have been a playoff seed had there been eight seeds like there normally is, but in a 16-team bracket, only four seeds. So... Uh, they did not receive a playoff seed, and then they ended up losing to uh, Southern Illinois. And so Weber State, they end their season ends abruptly without a playoff win. First time in three playoff appearances without a playoff win. But you, you checked out at this game a little bit. I know that you think that Weber has a different trajectory. The one point I want to make, though, is that the one place where Weber State has been really good in the big sky and on the national level is that they know how to wait you out. They know how to... Um, when they get to the second half of the season and down into November, they they can incur. Or I guess they can they can endure injuries a lot more because they have good depth. They don't necessarily have the headliners, especially at the sexy positions mm-hmm. like quarterback and stuff. But when their left guard goes out, you don't really notice them missing a beat. When their D tackle or their safety or whatever goes out, those guys, the next guy up is pretty good. And and so I do think that they benefit from more of a full season than just the five-game slate. That said, though, uh, overall, it just wasn't a great showing for the Big Sky Conference in the playoffs. It wasn't, and I we say to everyone that's been listening to this show, but I'm on. I, we said yesterday, you probably won't get a drink bought for you in Cheney. I won't in Ogden, I don't think, either. But I, I just see Weber State and, and the trajectory, I think, is the, the biggest point of discussion here, Coulter, because I see Weber kind of flatlining, at least in the point of, okay, we know that they've risen to in that next group of teams, the group of six that we maybe talked about yesterday that are next in line behind North Dakota State. Well, when is your chance to take the next step and move up there? I think yesterday, and we chronicled this on the show over the last month, Montana and Montana State are both on an upward trajectory with how you feel their roster is shaping out right now, the momentum they have behind each program. For Weber State, I just wonder... 
if they're going to start heading the other direction. I, I mean, as far as um, they see, they, we know where they're going to be solid. They win games ugly. They've got a great defense. They they do all the little intangible things right. And they're going to be a top team in the Big Sky Conference, top three, top four. But my question is, when do the expectations Escalate, or are we just say, okay, yep, Weber's solid. They're going to win ugly. They're going to go nine and two. They're they're going to be in that top eight to ten conversation. Do they ever take the next leap? I just think that there's more momentum behind the two programs in this state than there is for Weber. That might just sure kind of be on that even trajectory. Well, how much of that comes from just the uh, the amount of people that care about it? Is Weber ever going to have expectations like Montana, Montana State? Should they? Well, here's what I'm saying is you can only fail to meet expectations if you have expectations. Who? How? There's not enough people that care about Weber State. Where we're at in the Big Sky Conference is you have, what, like ten to 15,000 people that passionately care about Eastern Washington and Weber State, which is a fine number for the FCS. It's yeah. not like hundreds of thousands of people caring about the schools like at, in Montana. It's a totally different level of expectation. You know what I mean? That's a good point. So are you saying that... You- Think Weber's just fine. I mean, as here's, far as here's what I'm saying is that I think that the Grizz or the Cats will either meet, exceed, or fail to meet expectations every single year because those expectations exist always. And it, more often than not, they'll fail to meet expectations because the expectations are so high. I don't really know who is who is dictating what the expectations are. At Weber State aren't we dictating it more than anybody else? I mean, they have one newspaper writer in Brent yeah. Hine who does a great job at the great standard. job. He does a great job, but but. Like Brett always says, when every time Brett comes on the show, he comes on the show probably half a dozen times a year to talk Weber State basketball or football or whatever. He always makes his joke where he says, well, this is another tally for my Montana radio appearances. Still haven't had one in Utah because people in Utah do not care. Everybody in that neck of the woods, they want to hear about Utah, Utah State, BYU. Even in certain cases, Utah Valley. I mean, there, there's no there's no real... I mean, Weber has is, is in the absolute best era they have ever had in football. Ever. 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 The Wasatch Front is one of the three fastest growing areas in the entire country. Ogden now itself is in population like twice the size of Missoula. They are hosting playoff games with championship teams. And there, how many people were at the Grizz game last year? In the, I know it was rainy or whatever, but there was like 7,000 people there, right? 8,000 people? I mean, yeah, less than 10. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, so who is setting the expectations? I think that the internal expectations or maybe how you measure up in the preseason polls and stuff like that, but still, you don't have the scrutiny. Like, you don't, I mean, we're sitting here scrutinizing the Bobcat depth chart on April 27th, <laughs> whereas there's not, that doesn't happen anywhere else. And so, I mean, I'm blaming us as the media more than anything, but I just, I don't know how you fail to meet expectations if there isn't any expectations to meet. Twofold, very well played, and you're right on that. We're the one that set the expectations as far as we're the ones talking about it, where they should be, and where they're... So, with that being said, I will ask you, did the spring season for Weber State, by your expectations, because you're qualified enough to set an expectation, did it meet the standard? Did it exceed the the standard? Or just... Was it below standard or just kind of status quo? I mean, they won the Big Sky, but they got dumped in the first round. That's actually hilarious. That's a great way of putting it. I think that the only team that elevated their level of internal or that elevated their level of expectation, but also made a, a significant statement in terms of building momentum heading into the fall season was Montana. Everybody else, I think, hurt themselves by playing in the spring season. I think Montana State is just a draw. I think it's just fine. Like they, I think Montana State did exactly what they needed to do. They had a spring ball yep. that wasn't a bloodbath. They didn't have a whole bunch of season-ending injuries. They kept a lot of their key guys out during the spring game. They were very vanilla. Installed they, some things. They showed some really good young talent. Uh, they are got good momentum going into the fall. It's, to me, Montana State is just a draw. I still think you can hype up the Cats big time. I think they're a top five or six team coming into next year in the country. I think they're a top two or three team in the Big Sky Conference. I think Montana... Uh, I think that Montana raised its level just a little bit. I'm not ready to go all the way. I know a lot of people around here are really excited. You can keep me in check. It's I mean, okay. I a lot of people around here are really excited, justifiably so, because I do think Portland State's a good team. But I also think that Montana had a phenomenal matchup in that game. They're playing a team that didn't get to train at all, at all, from March through January. They were fully out of shape. They also didn't have four of their best offensive linemen. Montana just ran roughshod over. I mean, they blitzed the, they set the house and they just killed Davis Alexander, and it was just, a, it was just a whooping. But uh, I do think that Montana raised their expectation just a little bit, and I do think that the spring season. You know, actually, I should say this: Idaho State's another team. Yes, Idaho State was better than I thought they were going to be. I didn't leave thinking, man. They're not quite as good as I thought. I did leave the Big Sky spring season, though, thinking, by and large, man, 
those guys aren't nearly as good as I thought they were going to be. I thought it was clunky. I thought it was not very smooth. I thought there was a, a true lack of, of passion off the right river because there's a little bit of passion, but it wasn't like just Saturdays in the fall. Just a little it, it fire. Just, it just right? wasn't the yeah. same. Agreed. We're going to continue this conversation uh, about, about 445 and, and probably into the second hour as well because we still have several things to get to, but we got to get out right now. Because it's a Tuesday. That means it's baseball time. Matt Ellis from Missoula Powerhouse is going to come in. We broke some news on this show a couple weeks ago. But now it's starting to catch some uh, national uh, headlines. So we'll get into that with the Pioneer League. Plus some roster additions and some staff additions for the Paddleheads. And we'll talk some Major League Baseball as well. Keep it right here. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana TV. Back after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Gotta love Rise Against. Always gets me going. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back in to Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for being with us. Matt Ellis, back in the studio. We had a kind of crazy Tuesday last week. We were about a bunch of breaking news. Riley wasn't here, so we had a one-week delay, but we're back in the action now talking all things baseball. Matt from the Missoula Paddleheads, of course. And we're going to talk all things baseball, including Paddleheads and Major League Baseball. We have to talk about... uh, the way that the Pioneer League went viral today. This was right. pretty cool. We actually, we were the trendsetters. We were setting the news. Matt, <laughs> Two weeks ago. Yeah, Matt. This was actually maybe even three weeks ago. Yeah, Matt, Matt right. was in studio, and he made the announcement of this cool rule change that the Pioneer League is going under. No extra innings, if you haven't heard. They will do a home run derby. And uh, cool deal. We were loving it. And uh, then today, it sort of hit. The Pioneer League actually made the announcement of the right. rule, and it hit the national media, and then all of a sudden, boom, now Field Yates and Trevor Rappaport and all these national reporters are tweeting about us. I mean, this is a great exposure for the league, right, Matt? It sure is. Um, they're, they're using our old logo, and I think we announced our new logo as well. So it's like, you know, I wish they would use the new logo. But it's been a great uh, day in that regard. It's, But it's it should be. It's, this is a fan move. This is a about making the product better. It's uh, It's got a lot of excitement behind it. I mean, everybody we've talked to locally just thinks it's a great idea. Um, people are going to be more in tune to stay. And, and watch this home run derby than they are to extra innings. Uh, it ends games quick uh, sooner, so you're not at the ballpark till midnight. Saves pitchers' arms, but the home run derby itself is just going to be uh, fun. It's just going to be uh, a spectacle, and it, it's it's. Uh, it's pretty exciting. It's one of those things, too, where you don't want an extra inning game to start, but you'd like to be the first one to have it happen. I mean, I think that would I be know, nice exposure, too. I know. You're, I, I actually think fans are going to be hoping that it stays tied. <laughs> I know? know. that's. I mean, it's going to be uh, – they might boo our guy for, our, for waving him home. <laughs> Five right. to four uh, in the ninth. Don't give up. We give up a run. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I talked to Peter Davis and I, our owner. We were talking about it. We think this is actually going to catch on with other leagues. I, I actually think this is the future of – you know, MLB is trying to figure out how to handle extra innings, and I'm not sure they've found the secret sauce yet. Um, but I, I think you know this is this is a fun way to do it, and it's a great for our level. What what do you think of the future of the Pioneer League now? I mean, it seems like this transition is going really well, right? Yeah. So, I mean, do, do you feel like you guys uh, have have a have a chance to really kind of turn the corner? Because I know it was a little bit tenuous when this first started, but it seems like everything's really coming together, no, both we, for the Battle and across the league. We've worked hard to stay on our feet, and as a league, um, I think we're very strong. we got uh, we got nine strong franchises in this league, um, and uh, we have uh, built our talent pool is pretty strong. I mean, I'm just looking at our roster, and this is probably the, the strongest roster we've ever had in Missoula, um, and ma- mainly because they're older and they're more experienced, but um, the quality of play is going to go up quite a bit um you know we're so we're in a good place um 
Yeah, we got 10 more home games for fans, 20 more games total for the season. Um, and uh, we've found a, a real place uh, in the in the player development world and in, in terms of where we sit in Major League Baseball as a partner league. And um, I think we're in a really, uh, our future is really bright. And not only the rule and just going back to the announcement today that obviously is making waves, talking about the extra innings, no extra innings, having a home run derby instead but there's more rule changes that I think are, are worth talking about. The designated pinch hitter, pinch runner, the revised check swing. And then also, I think this is going to be good too, three-man umpiring crew. Exactly. So talk about maybe more of the impact that those will have that, although we know the one that's going to take the headlines, these other four rules, I think, can also help improvement of quality of play as well. Well, you know, the pitch, the designated pitch hitter and designated pitch runner is, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, the problem with affiliated baseball was that they don't make moves necessarily to win games. They make moves to develop players. We aren't in that situation. We want to win games. So this allows our managers in our league a chance to do more strategy. They actually can use a hitter or a runner for a person in the lineup, and that person can then re-enter the game in the lineup. So the, they burn the hitter or the pitch the pitch hitter or the pitch runner, but uh, it allows more strategy. You're playing to win. Um, it allows you to keep a catcher in, and, and it also makes it more fun. Again, it's about the fan experience, right? So you got a, a slow catcher at first in the eighth inning, and he's the tying run. That's not fun. Let's, let's get a speedster out there off our bench that can steal second and make the game exciting and uh, can score from first on a double, whatever the case. And then the catcher gets back in. So, I mean, it's 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 done for the, the good of the game. And, and that has to help roster development, too, where let's right. go get a speedster. You're going to have a big role. You might not be in the lineup many days at all, one out of seven, but you're going to have a role at a critical moments in the eighth and ninth inning of games. And you, if you don't think our manager, Michael Slack's building a roster based on those opportunities, you're crazy. I mean, that's exactly it. He's going to make sure he has the tools on the bench to, to match the rules and to give the other team matchup fits. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Rally Corkin, voice of the Grizz, co-hosted with me, Coulter Nuana, like he does each and every Monday and Tuesday. Matt Ellis from the Missoula Paddleheads in studio, as he does most every Tuesday as well. Let's talk about some of the uh, internal moves you guys have made in recent weeks, Matt. Uh, addition of hitting coach Bobby Brown, as well as Mason Prisbilla as an assistant coach. Uh, so those seems like the staff is it's pretty close or is it is it finally now filled out that's filled yeah. um, and then you know those two with Michael Schlack our manager and uh, you know George Horton is our uh, is a consultant for us and he's going to be at the ballpark uh, three times this season uh, we've got one of the best staffs in, in the entire league um, no offense to the other teams but I'll take ours against anybody's <laughs> um, uh, Bobby is a uh, um, uh, he's he's manager material. He's done it uh, the independent thing for a lot of years and been hugely successful. He's won manager of the year in other independent leagues in his past. Um, him and uh, Michael have worked together. Uh, Michael considers him a mentor. Uh, it's just a good match. They get along. It's and he's he just brings an expertise that um, is going to be uh, excellent for our dugout. Mason's young. He's trying to grow into a coaching. He just finished playing not too long ago and uh, is again another talented guy. Brings a lot of energy. Um, to our dugout, and um, uh, we'll, we'll be overseeing a lot of, uh, uh, of, uh, of the operational stuff with workouts and that kind of stuff. Four new players that you guys announced, and we'll start getting into the players week by week here, but two familiar faces, Tristan Carranza as well as Andy Tolkien, both get re-signed, I should say, back to the right. Paddleheads, and then two new faces. But I, before we get into just maybe the players themselves, talk a little bit about the difference between just knowing guys that you've had on the roster before and, and when you're going through this process of finding talent, of just knowing what you're getting with maybe a Tristan Carranza, someone that obviously starred for the Austrians in 2019, compared to maybe the ones that you go branch out and try and find well, as well. Um, we've been just monitoring the release, you know, transaction wires at the major league level from spring training, as well as uh, in the offseason when they were having to reduce player pools because of the the, the cut down on teams and so we've been uh, you know Brett Schur has been in charge of that process for us and then he brings a list to Michael and myself and says hey these are the guys that are available and when we know somebody it, it makes it a lot easier process because you know who they are as a character you know how, how they are on the field and uh, Tristan um, 
got released by the Diamondbacks and we jumped on it immediately and just called him and said, hey, we want you here. And he goes, I want to be there. I love Missoula. And so it was, you know, a good match. And, um, you know, we had to trade for Zach Allman. You know, we talked about that two weeks ago. Uh, but again, it's somebody we know. We know they're going to produce in this league. We know they've produced in the past. Um, they're older and wiser than when they played for us originally. And they're going to be a mainstays in our lineup. How close are you now to completing the roster? We're at 29 right now, so we're over our limit because we can. Uh, we're inviting 10 extra players for spring training, and um, you know we expect. Uh, you know, with as long as the layoff as we've had competitive baseball-wise, we expect some of the players to um, uh, maybe not get through spring training or not be ready for the season physically. So we we want to have options. We also want to make it competitive. Um, so we'll uh, we'll have ten cuts before opening day, which is uh, after a week of spring training. Logistically, you guys are still doing host families, right? So you guys are still in we the market for host uh, families. So tell yeah. people how they can get involved with that. So, and I'll say a couple things um, to add. All of our players will be vaccinated, so it's not an issue. Um, uh, they'll they'll be safe. Um, we're all hoping the host families will be vaccinated as well. Uh, but it's a great opportunity for somebody uh, in town that wants to uh, have a great experience. I mean. Uh, we've got testimonials of host families that have done it that just think it's the greatest thing. It creates it creates lifelong uh, friendships. Uh, Jazz Chisholm still is in touch with our local host family here on a regular basis, and he's now starring for the Marlins in the big leagues. And um, he's sending texts to his host family mom saying, Mom, I got went two for five today. And she's like, I watched it, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, it's... Um, um, it's a really great bond experience, um, and uh, we make sure that uh, the player and the host family are matched up in compatible uh, arrangements, and um, we support the process. So we hope that we get some people interested in signing up at our website. Anything catching your eye on the national scale here for Major League Baseball? What's caught your eye since the, the last time we talked to you? First of all, you got to talk about the A's first and foremost. Well, I know. Right? The rip, <laughs> to put together that kind of winning streak. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. I, actually, I think... Um, uh, to, to recover as quick as they did was impressive, um, and that win streak was 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 typical A's. It was it wasn't anything gaudy. It was you know three two wins and strong starting pitching, scoring late. Last night's game against the the Rays was exactly that. I think the surprise right now has to be the Mariners. I mean our our local Mariners. Yeah. I, I mean how do you not talk about the Mariners right now? They're they're two games out of first only because the A's won thirteen straight and. Uh, um, uh, they've just, uh, I think they've exceeded expectations in the early part of the season. And, and, and I actually don't, and I think they have help coming, you know, from the minor leagues. I mm -hmm. think once we get into May, we're going to start seeing you know, the help come. And uh, uh, I just, I actually think they might be a player all season. How about the Yankees? Last place. How about that? How about that? And the, who would have thought, even, I know we're only, not even to May yet, but... Still, who would have thought the Royals would be in first place and the Yankees would be in last place? Love even, baseball. Even just 20, I love baseball 25 games in. I, I'll tell you, the Royals look real. They haven't given up a lead after the sixth inning in the longest streak. Like, it's into 2020. That's I mean, a key right. stat. I mean, so they they actually look like they might have some staying power. And, you know, then you have the Twins who are laying an egg right now, but they also had to deal with COVID. The Yankees don't really have an excuse. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, right. they're just not playing good baseball. So that one would concern me more than, like, a Twins who haven't really had their full roster all season and they've been dealing with you know the tragedy of Mike Bell I mean it's just been a rough start um, uh, but uh, the Yankees I think it's time to be concerned if you're in Manhattan no question we do this pretty much every Tuesday we'll be off next Tuesday because I'm going to be out of town all week but we'll be back in the saddle uh, second Tuesday of May and then we'll be basically in full force because it'll be the heart of right. baseball season. The Paddleheads will be right around the corner and we'll have a little bit more clarity on the MLB level. Matt Ellis from the Missoula Paddleheads joining us as you will throughout the rest of the spring and summer. Matt, thanks so much for swinging thanks, by, guys. my man. Appreciate thanks. it. Good seeing you. Nuana is now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Tuesday, so that means it's time for our Treasure State Stars. We'll have five standouts in the world of amateur athletics from around the great state of Montana right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Keep it right here. Be right back. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sports Bet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. You Nirvana guy? Eh. No? Come on. Interesting. Is it in the 80s? No. <laughs> I love how you're like a 61-year-old stuck <laughs> in, a, in a 30-year-old's body. Hey, name that tune, 70s, 80s, I got you. I, I know day. you do. It's because you grew up in buildings where all the radio stations are classic rock. <laughs> yes. Or, or 80s rock. I can't even call it what it's actually called. Uh, 80s rock. It's uh, inappropriate to call it what it's really called. Uh, I, I actually, I like Nirvana. I'm not... Uh, I love Seattle grunge. Of all the Seattle grunge bands, Nirvana's actually probably way down my list. I, I prefer Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains on down the line, probably a little bit more than Nirvana, although I do have massive respect for Nirvana. Welcome in to the music review. I mean, Nuana is now by uh, Coulter Nuana's Riley Corkin in studio, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for joining us on your Tuesday. Because it's a Tuesday, we're going to double dip right here. we got two different things for you. First and foremost, Taglieri Tuesday. Taglieri Delicatessen, the best sandwiches in the city of Missoula, all around the state of Montana. They were recently named Top Sandwich by the Food Network, uh, by a food magazine, by People Magazine. I mean, they got they got like four magazine covers if you go in there right now uh, singing their praises. We try out some Taglieri sandwiches uh, quite often here on Nuanas now, and I can't even tell you what my favorite one is anymore now that I've tried all of them. They're, they're pretty dang good, but we keep feeding you the greatness at Taglieri Deli. You don't have to get a sandwich either. I mean, you should. It's really good. And the $25 gift card, it's going to let you get a sandwich and then probably something else too. Maybe a bottle of wine, maybe chips and a drink, maybe a couple sandwiches. I mean, sandwiches is only about 10 bucks. You can get pretty good. Uh, you can get pretty far with our $25 gift card. But go check out Taglieri Deli here in Missoula. It's on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins right there in uh the little mall there, and uh, get yourself whatever you need with a $25 gift card. All you have to do to win a $25 gift card is give, give us a call right now, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. Caller number four, Reese, caller number four. We got 25 bucks to Tagliari Delicatessen. you to make him work for it today, huh? That's right. I want, I, want, I want to hear that phone completely ringing off the hook. Also, since it's a Tuesday, we are going to do what we do each and every Tuesday here as well. It is the Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, proud sponsors of youth athletics across the state of Montana. And also, love to say, yes, we're the easiest places in all of Montana to get a loan. So go check out Parkside Credit Union today for any of your banking needs. Parkside Credit Union, so many perks. Best place to get a loan in western Montana, and they love to say yes. Treasure State Star number one. She will actually join us here at about 5.30, so about 35 minutes from now. Tristan Achenbach. She is a senior for the Montana softball team. She is a native of Shoto, Montana, who played, uh, who graduated actually from Great Falls CMR High School. And on Sunday, Montana softball posted a 4-2 win over Idaho State to where they sweep over the Bengals. That handed Achenbach her 31st career victory. Impactful because that sets the all-time University of Montana record for wins by a pitcher, surpassing Michaela Hood. So congratulations to Tristan Achenbach, Treasure State star number one. Treasure State star number two. If there was a Newcomer of the Year award in uh, Big Sky Conference track and field, I think this young lady would be the front runner, if not the actual shoe-in to win it. Tanessa Morris, she's a thrower for the Grizz track team. She has been lighting it up. She has, uh, I think she's won every single hammer throw event that she's participated in this spring. Uh, from every meet that they've gone to, whether in-state or out-of-state, across the Big Sky Conference. Five for five in hammer throws, including winning the hammer at the Kakaris duel with a throw of 193 feet, two inches on Saturday. The Kakaris duel is a little bit interesting this year. Because of this season, the way that this sort of truncated, 
a lot of times uh, there's these invitational meets where it's invite only. You have to have a certain mark within the region. So athletes from across Montana and across the Big Sky Conference, they go to these meets to try to test themselves against the best. Like there's the Mount Sac relays down in, in California. There, there was a big meet over in Oregon uh, at the University of Oregon this last week. That's all to say that there was two big invites this last weekend that some of the best athletes from both Montana and Montana State went to. So they weren't competing in the Kakaris duel. That's something that sucks about COVID. Like they should have been like full strength. But but you want the kids to go to the great invites and get their best marks and stuff. So the Kakaris duel this year, the Bobcats did sweep it, but it comes with us, you know, I don't want to say a caveat because it was a great performance by Montana State to earn victories on the men's and women's side. Uh, it was actually a great duel on the women's side. It came down to like a point or two. Uh, so um, good job by the Cats for winning that. But it was also kind of kind of unfortunate because some of the best athletes weren't participating in the Cackers, though they were participating elsewhere. But speaking of, uh, so Tanessa Morris, uh, Treasure State star number two. Speaking of, though, Montana State, Treasure State star number three, Duncan Hamilton. This guy has been making waves around the track world. He was a national championship qualifier during the indoor season uh, in the mile. He ran, uh, I think he was the third Montana State Bobcat ever to get under three minutes and 45 seconds in the mile, which is just absurd. I can't even think of that. You're close. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I couldn't even run an 800 and 345. There's no chance. (laughs) Uh, Duncan Hamilton, though, uh, continues his domination. He had the top marks in... uh, the 1,500 meters and the 5,000 meters at the Kakaris Duel. And he's a guy that's in the top 30 in both those events in the NCAA Western region. So only a sophomore from Bozeman, Montana, doing his hometown proud, running at Montana State. Duncan Hamilton, Treasure State star number three. Treasure State star number four, Camden Capser. He is uh, shares an alma mater with my good friend Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Billing Central continues to pump out the great athletes uh, in the state of Montana. And Camden Capser, who is a kicker, uh, who is going coming to the Grizzlies? He's uh, these these kickers. It's so interesting because uh, if you go to the right camps and then you perform well at the right camps, you can get these very high accolades. I think Cameron Capster is a very good kicker, but he is regarded as like an All American because of some of his accomplishments and some of these things. And I'm not saying he's, he's not; it's not well earned. But a lot of times, it's just about where you go, right? Like what, what camps you go to. Like Bryce Layton right now at Montana State, he was an All-American kicker. I think he's rated the number two punter in the country. You know, he went to a Coles King camp yeah. and he won some punting competitions and that's great. He performed really well on one day. You totally deserve to be ranked like that. But it's also, I don't know. That's actually a discussion we're going to have in the second hour because I think the kicking and punting at the FBS Power 5 level is one of the craziest, most bizarre things in the world to me. There's so many Power 5 programs that their coaches, they don't want to waste a scholarship on a kicker, so they have these crazy, like, five, six kicker tryouts that last, like, the whole year. Everybody's a walk-on. Then these guys all get cut, and they're smattering around the country, and all of a sudden they land in Missoula and Bozeman and all these crazy I things. I mean, it's crazy that, number one. And number two, how many Power 5 programs have lost a huge game because of bad field goal kicking. Like, right. I, I feel that the level should be higher at for the sure. Power 5. And coaches, shame on you for not using at least a partial for a kicker. Well, like, okay. literally, come on. That's where that's where Bobby Hawks always had it on lock. And actually, Rob Ash and Jeff Choate both did this well, too. Just don't screw around. Go get a nationally ranked kicker and give yes. him a full-ride scholarship and then have him be your kicker. Wouldn't you rather have that than a, heart, a, a headache for four years? I mean, there's a reason that multiple pros, whether it's Dan Carpenter, Brody McKnight for the Grizz, or Jason Cunningham for the Cats, I mean, there's a reason that go, those guys go on to be NFL kickers because they, they, they're they highly regarded initially. They are empowered by getting a scholarship, and then they go out and have endless experience. I mean, Dan Carpenter kicked like a million field goals because the Grizz were just rolling when he was with the Grizz. And so he was getting all these opportunities. I mean, his his uh, Big Sky Conference scoring record so far out there, I don't know how anybody's ever going to catch that. I mean, he was a four-year starter on teams that never lost. So um, regardless, back to Cameron Capser. We digress. <laughs> Capser is an accomplished kicker, but this is actually very cool. He was awarded the uh, prestigious and exclusive Presidential Leadership Scholarship through the UM Davison Honors College. So if I'm not mistaken, I think the UM Davison Honors College, and I think the, the Honors College at Montana State as well, I think they only award a handful of these scholarships to kids from around the state each year. I think there's between seven and ten presidential scholarships that are handed that out about right. like at, at the state level. So this means you're not just the valedictorian. You're not just the top of your class. This means you are one of the best academic performers in the state of Montana for your class, period. So this is very cool, and I think it's also probably impactful for Montana because I believe that they had intended on giving Camden Capser some scholarship money 
money. And now it's like, well, the kid's got a 4.0. He's getting an academic scholarship. So now they get maybe have a little bit extra money to dole out too. So win-win for both sides. Absolutely. And I know that there's a lot of buzz around Camden to come up here. And I, he's been highly touted for good reason. And uh, I think he's going to have an opportunity right away. So I'm excited to see him in a Grizz uniform. And shout out Billing Central Rams. Treasure State star number five, our final Treasure State star, Taylor Stoger. Am I saying that right? Stoger. Stoger. Taylor Stoger. She's a senior for the Montana soccer team. And this is actually a couple, this is actually about a week and a half delayed from when she actually accomplished this. But the Grizz soccer team, they won the Northwest Division in the Big Sky Conference. They advanced to the uh, Big Sky Conference tournament. In the semifinals of the Big Sky Conference tournament, they had a match against Northern Colorado, which is a nemesis for sure. I mean, that's like their rival within the league. And uh, a team that they wanted to get some redemption because Northern Colorado scored on a sort of fluky goal in the 2019 Big Sky Tournament in overtime to eliminate Montana. Well, this time around, another fluky goal that put Northern Colorado up one nothing. but then Taylor Stoger brings Montana all the way back. She ha- scores a goal late in um, regulation time in the semifinal match and then also scores the game winner in overtime, and that boosts Montana into the championship game. Then, unfortunately, we'll hear from Chris Chitabisky, Grizz soccer coach, here in about five minutes or less. But unfortunately... The championship game gets canceled. What a weird circumstance to happen because you have you basically you win the turn you win the tournament and you go to the NCAA tournament and you want to be so excited but you just got handed something without having to play. Totally bizarre. Regardless, they wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for Taylor Stoger. She had two different goals in that semifinal game against Northern Colorado. So uh, big time performance for the Montana Grizz soccer senior. That is our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union proud presenter of the Treasure State Stars. Check out Parkside Credit Union's online financial education platform. Stay safe and get smart about saving and making money with Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union is the best place to get a loan in all of Western Montana because they love to say yes. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. We're going to talk some more FCS football. My phone's blowing up. We got some Bobcat fans that are mad. They listen to the Grizz Fan Podcast. They're calling you out already. I love it. Oh, This is why I love technology. Keep on sending the texts. Keep on the calls. 406-361-3688 if you want to get involved. We're going to be reading texts, so just send the text. 361-3688. Talk some more FCS football. We'll also hear from Grizz soccer coach Chris Chitavitsky. We'll also hear from Grizz softball pitcher Tristan Achenbach, voice of the Grizz Riley Corcoran. On Nuanas now with me, Coulter Nuanas. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 